What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the one and only Kimura Chronicles. And this is your preview slash pick show for UFC 222 Cyborg versus Kuniskaya. It's Jay Rance welcoming you guys back along with my co-host, Val Cisco. What's going on, Val? How you doing, man? I'm feeling fantastic and getting ready for another weekend of fights. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. And this fight is tomorrow from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. So real quick off the bat, I'm just going to ask you for your feelings and emotions, as you would say. How do you feel about this card going into this card? You know, because this card was saved by Cyborg and Kuniskaya and Frankie Ecker and um, Brian Ortega. You know, they just had to scrap up these fights real quick because it was actually, you know, Max Holloway first on the card versus Frankie Ecker. But that got scrapped. So how do you feel about going into this um, event knowing that? Um, you know, I don't feel that bad about it whatsoever. Even mm-hmm. with the scrappage of Holloway and uh, Edgar, hopefully one day in this millennia we'll see those two <laughs> fight. But since it's been scrapped uh, abundance of times already. But the same token, I feel like uh, it landed a bombshell, in my opinion. You know, another mm-hmm. cyborg mm-hmm. fight with a hungry challenger. You know, Frankie Edgar having a hungry challenger to his own credit as well, too, with Brian Ortega. And then just the whole card by itself, Sean O'Malley, yes. um, Stefan Shrove coming back against Andre Olowski, and Kat Zingano coming back as well, mm-hmm. too. Even the undercard looks fantastic. My oh, man, C.B. Dalloway took it on Hector Lombard, so... I'm happy. I'm hyped about this. Yeah, and you can't forget, you know, Mackenzie Dern making her UFC debut. She has a lot of hype coming into this card. You know, she's like that next top female prospect. Um, excuse me, prospect coming into this card. So the whole card, yeah, is definitely stacked from top to bottom, in my opinion. It's great. They did such a great job in salvaging it, you know, because I even think uh, Cody Garbrandt was trying to throw his name onto this card, you know, to save it. So um, definitely, definitely. They they put um they picked up the slack real quick you know not the slack but you know the they picked it up real quick and recovered my thing is before we get into this card because we're just gonna cover real quick the um main card on the pay per view give you um a little bit of preview and picks um cyborg I know your feelings about cyborg how do you feel about her like going into this card because I know you're one that always vouches that they made this division for her so um how do you feel about that. I still think it's not a credible, credible challenger, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I feel that this woman's coming up, uh, up for this division right now. She has to pack weight on to fight Cyborg yeah. as well, too. So mm-hmm. that's going to be another trial and tribulation for this contender. Not to say that she's not worthy for this spot whatsoever. I love the fact that she's getting a spot, you know, uh, coming yeah. from one federation and now to the bigger leagues. I won't say the big leagues, but a bigger league, more um, grand stage. And yeah. taking on a Goliath that is Cyborg in name. So um, it's hard to say right now because of the fact that I still feel strongly that this division means nothing in my opinion because they don't even have a handful of women at that weight class that stay at that weight class. Cyborg yeah. alone is above this weight class. You know, she walks around <laughs> at 200, maybe 185 sometimes, muscle alone. And dropping down to this is like nothing for her. So you're looking at women who are moving up in weight class, trying to figure that weight out, trying to carry that weight while being so successful in their own divisions. Uh, It's it's hard. I feel like this division won't be legitimized until we actually get some actual featherweights, female featherweights, to start really 
you know, let's get some fights going. Get maybe an alternate uh, fighter um, season with just female featherweights. Get some actual contenders rolling. That's just my opinion on it. Do you feel this is kind of like a little Demetrius Johnson type-ish? Something like that? No, no, because I feel that there were many people um, that were in other federations that the UFC Mm -hmm. absorbed to get flyweights. Uh, uh, Look at uh, my man Uncle Creepy. In other divisions as well. UFC. John Dotson was originally a flyweight as well, too, before going into the Ultimate Fighter as a bantamweight. So this division, that division itself has been out for so long. So has the featherweight division for females. I mean, look at Strikeforce alone. Strikeforce had a female's featherweight division as well, too. It's just um, because of the bantamweight division and the strawweight division, I felt like uh, women tried to get a more of a heavier advantage dropping down to weight. Mm -hmm. Um, So they felt more natural. You know, Amisha Taylor, Sarah McMahon, you know, Liz Carmouche were very happy at that band weight uh weight class so i felt like there was no sense to go back up at that time you know they're already acclimated to that division i apologize for that sound effect in the back is that um this giant ass mosquito just crept into my room so (laughs) i apologize everybody that's the cyborg infiltrate right Uh, now what y'all talking about i definitely had to squash that because that mosquito could have sucked the life out of me so i apologize everybody (laughs) no i definitely definitely agree with you man and let's see let's see because definitely uh kuna sky is definitely a hungry hungry contender she is no slouch by you know any means in my opinion so just with those thoughts and your opinions, we're going to jump right into this. And the first fight on the card is, like you said, Cat Alpha Zangano versus um, Cat Vieira. Another um, hot prospect right now. She's undefeated. She's 9-0 and in the UFC, I believe. And actually, this um, fight has a little bit of bad blood coming into it because if you saw the weigh-in, it had to get separated you know, in the weigh-in because there was a little bit of smack talking and stuff like that. So how do you feel about this match coming into this, you know, being that – Zangano's looking to bounce back and get in the win column, and uh, Caitlin Vieira is trying to stay undefeated, 9-0 in the UFC. Kat is a victim of herself, Mm -hmm. and understandably so. I love Kat's fighting style. I think she's a strong challenger for any title division. I think she could go up in featherweight Mm -hmm. and actually take on Cyborg head-to-head. That's just my opinion. I think she carries that weight, she carries that muscle mass, and she carries that pressure. I just think she gets inside her head as well, too. She fights with too much emotion, and that's what you saw in the Ronda Rousey loss as well, too. She came into that fight full-on emotion, not expecting anything to happen, and that's why she got tapped out in that match. The same thing with um, the Juliana Pena fight as well, too. She did not probably take Pena's uh, ground game um, seriously whatsoever, and with that, um, trying to, I guess, either not taking her opponent seriously or just getting inside her own head. I feel like that's where she falls. But to her own credit, though, she has wins against, uh, you know, champion Amanda Nunez, you know, Misha Tate, yeah, Kel Pennington. So she has caliber uh, fighters to her credit that, that make her the actual favorite in this match. On the other side, though, when you're looking um, on the blue side right here with uh, Caitlin, you know, Kathleen, uh, I'm a botcher in no matter what. Yes, Definitely. You know, looking at her record right now, undefeated, biggest name, biggest prospect to her credit, Sarah McMahon. You know, most of these wins by submission has two TKOs to her credit as well, yeah. too. Do you, I, me, myself, I see her trying to get this to the ground yeah. as fast as possible, seeing that that has been Zingano. Yeah, I mean, but it, it's kind of crazy because if you look at it, Zingano has somewhat 
a little BJJ background to her name, you know. So it, definitely, it's kind of crazy. And um, I, I don't know if I touched it, but this fight is at um bantamweight, you know, females bantamweight. But yeah. you know, it's it's kind of crazy that. I mean, of course, out the two, Vieira has the better BJJ, in my opinion. But still, Cat has enough to, you know, defend herself if it goes to it, um, into the ground. You know, like you said, former title contender, Kazangano was one of the biggest things in the UFC at one point when, you know, Ronda was on the rise and that star, you know, Kazangano was coming up. I mean, she has a beast Muay Thai. We know we saw her put the beats on Misha Tate's, uh, Misha Tate. So we know her striking game is on par. The only thing is that I would just like kind of, to see how it matches up with uh, Ketlin because Ketlin is more like of a counterfighter. If you see her fights and if you see her highlights and if you've seen her fights before, she definitely kind of, you know, is more of a counterfighter. But she has some wicked striking as well. You cannot discredit her striking. Um, I just feel that Kat is the more uh, accurate one out of both. Maybe she takes her time. She's more technical. She tries to land her, si- her shots with precision things of that nature. You know, I think Kazangano has like a 68.25% to Caitlin's, um, how much was that? I think 32. Yeah, 32. So um, definitely, definitely, if it's a stand-up game, if it's a stand-up affair, I got to give the edge to Kat. Um, how do you feel about that? You know, um, I want to give this edge to Kat as well, too, for many reasons. I mm. think the long layoff she had, the injuries she's had as well, too, and then the loss as well, too, for her husband. Yeah. I think that really messed her up going into it that Ronda Rousey fight. Yeah. And she was just a mixed bag of emotions at that time. And as anybody should be as well, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the fact that she still takes fights uh, around that time frame and winning and losing, no matter what had 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 happened, I feel that um, now, you know, 2018, she seems like she has a good head on her shoulders. The intensity is back. That scary woman that we saw taking on Misha Tate with those rainy knees. Mm. A scary woman that, that took on Nunez with TKOs by elbows yeah. and punches. You know, that woman, I believe, is back. I believe she's put what she needed to do to rest. She put those feelings aside and said, you know what, this is my career. If I do it for my husband, if I do it for myself, if I do it for, you know, my country, I'm going to go ahead and do it for me now. And I think this is what we're going to get. We're going to get a strong, yeah. vicious cat. I, I, I agree with you. I, I see her um, just coming back, rejuvenated, freshened up after that long layoff. And, you know, after that loss, I don't want to throw no shape on her name, but she's coming off of the loss. But I feel that her head is in the game. Like you said, she's doing it. She kind of put um that that heartache to rest. You get what I'm saying? Because that's yep. losing your partner, your life partner. Man, that's that's something crazy, you know, and then fighting for a title after that. So definitely, definitely, I feel like she has cope with that, put that to rest. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me, you know, some people might be like, oh, my God, I believe she has a son. So maybe she might be fighting for her son now as well. You get what I'm saying? So that's just some more fire up under her ass. So, and yeah. Not to cut you off, too, as mm-hmm. well, too, but not to throw any shade to Catlin whatsoever, but um, – Looking at Sarah McMahon's fighting style compared to Kat Tiziano, Sarah McMahon, um, she's not a pushover by any means necessary, no. but she Sarah McMahon has never brought the intensity that Kat Tiziano can bring. Uh, mm-hmm. Never the stand-up game as well, too. Definitely not. In fact, you know, Sarah McMahon was always a wrestler. Yep. Um, she's always going to be a wrestler. Nothing, no shade on Sarah McMahon whatsoever. I was one of her fans as well, too. Oh, I still love Sarah McMahon to this day, even though she lost in the last pay-per-view. 
I just feel that um, the caliber of fighter, or at least the techniques in, in the fighters, are totally different. And I think Kat Zingano brings the experience, brings mm-hmm. the championship credibility as well, too. And I, to be honest, as well, too, yes, it's bantamweight, but we do know that these uh, these fighters come a little more, oh, pack some more right. muscle the day yeah. afterward. And Zingano is a beast. The muscles on this chick are tremendous. She's in shape. She's cut. Like I said, I really think if if this goes well for her, I I want her. And if, let's say, Cyborg were to win, I'm getting ahead of myself right now, I could yeah. definitely see her going up to featherweight because she has the body structure, the oh, frame, and the size to make that division hers or, her, or herself. She, she, she definitely does. She has that weight frame. And if we're just looking at physique, she is kind of the one that really matches up with Cyborg besides um Puniskaya right now. But like we said, she has a tough test ahead of her. You know, Vieira being nine and zero, Vieira having some striking to her name as well. Also, great ground game. You know, she has a black belt in jujitsu. So if it goes down to the ground, you know, uh, definitely watch for her to try to lock up a sub on Kazangano and get that win. So it's it's a great, in my opinion, it's a great test for uh, a comeback fight. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. I give the stand up to Cat, even though I'm not really giving it too much because. Um, Vera, I've seen her fights in the past, and she does have some great technique as well. Um, I definitely give the ground game to Vera, but Cat can hang in there a little bit. But I'm going, um, I'm going Cat, man. I think she bounces back tomorrow. Honestly, like we said, rejuvenated, fresh, coming back and looking for that win. I believe tomorrow, Catlin Vera is going to get nine and one. She's going to get that one in that zero column. What do you think? I'm going third round knockout, or you know what, third round TKO. In the mid points, so I want to say uh, two minutes. I'm gonna go. Uh, who? Cat? Uh, oh, of course, Cat is okay. I'm gonna go. Yeah, since I didn't give my um, outcome, I'm gonna go. Kazangano. Uh, gonna be ballsy. I'm gonna go Kazangano late or early second round knockout, like TKO. I'm going Cat. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to bounce back. So, with that being said, we move to the heavyweight division. We see Stefan Struve take on Andre Arlowski. And this fight is kind of interesting, man. This is kind of like a little... I wouldn't say David and Goliath, but I just mean it in the size and stature, you know, reach and things like that because Andre Arlowski is the smaller guy compared to Stefan Struve. But I feel that even though the height discrepancy and things like that, I believe this is a pretty even matchup in my eyes. What do you think? You know, this match is hilarious because of the fact that I felt that (laughs) we probably should have saw this fight five years ago. And it's crazy how we never see this fight whatsoever from the Mm -hmm. heyday of the UFC to even um, with Strew's rise to the fame and glory when he first came out. I mean, Mm -hmm. when he first started, he was about like 21 years old, one of the youngest UFC fighters out there. Mm -hmm. And between the layoffs, the injuries, and of course the condition he had with his heart as well too, we yeah. see him grow up as well too, not knowing where his career was going to lie. So in that no, respect, no. I give Ruve a lot of credit. Yeah, definitely. So I've you off. This dude started at a young age, at sixteen. You know, he won his pro debut at sixteen. So Look at that. Around, yeah, he's been around the game for a while. So we could definitely have seen this matchup way, you know, earlier. Arlowski being a former champion, like you said. And definitely, I believe he has had a lot of setbacks with his heart conditions and things of that nature. So, I don't know, but he's here, man. And um, this is 
uh, a dream match to any fan, you know, any old fan, any new fan coming into the sport. I believe this is a dream match. It's going to be a great match. Just give me your assessments on the match. How you feel this is going to go? Um, whoever tags, whoever's chin goes down. <laughs> Pretty much, they don't have the strongest chin. If anything, I give Chef Stephen Shrew the strongest head because <laughs> I see him take some wallopings, and if his punches to the face, into the eye, into the head, he could take a licking. But man, when you tag him in that button. Right on that chin, and it's not that hard to find. He's a tall guy. All you got to do is just jab him. He goes down pretty hard as well, too. As well as Arlowski. All you got to do is just find that right button underneath that beard. Pitbull goes down hard as well, too. So it's an interesting fight. I, I definitely feel that if uh, if we have to put an edge on this, i give it to Struve for the reach. The thing about Struve is, though, I- I've always noticed, unless he's on the ground, He's never used his whole size or reach to his own advantage. He's never implemented the jab or the kicks to keep people at bay. It's always trying to lock on a hold on the ground or keep somebody in a nice triangle lock or hurt them in the ground as much as possible. So being that Aurelowski as well as a third-degree black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, do you feel that someone has a better advantage on the floor or the ground at this time? Um. Stand-up game, I'm definitely going to have to go with Stefan Strew because, like you said, Stefan Strew has, like, damn near 85 uh, reach. He has an 85 reach compared to Arlowski's 77. So, definitely, yeah. if he's able to implement that reach, like you said, that he really hasn't implemented it, definitely he has a striking advantage. The game on the ground, you know what? I'm going to still give it to Stefan Strew just for the simple fact that he's lanky. And it's, it's easier for him to lock in submissions. You get what I'm saying? When you have that reach and those length and those long limbs like he does, we've seen him just lock in some submissions. You know, triangle attempts just very easy. So if Arlowski leaves a limb out there, I believe um, Struz is going to lock in that submission. So I give him the I give him the overall advantage, even uh, chin-wise. Chin-wise, okay. you know, head-wise, like you said, because um, we have seen Struz fall, of course. But people that have hit him are hard hitters. You know, Alistair Overeem, uh, Mark Hunt. Who Mark Hunt doesn't knock out? You know, he knocked out Roy Nelson. Nobody knocked out right. So these are strong hitters. And also, you know, not to throw shade on the champion right now, Stefan Struve has a win over Steven Miocic. So, Very true. You know, close to him. But um, overall, if Arlowski is able to get in and work around that reach, I believe he can win. Zarlowski's a hard hitter, and he's a real savvy technical striker as well. Not to take none away from his ground game. He is good on the ground, like you said. Black belt, third degree. Excuse me, third degree. But I just think the length helps Stefan Shrove. And like you said, if he's able to use it to his advantage, he'll make light work of um, Andre Olowski. Uh, you know? and, and it sucks because he's a former champion, but I just think Stefan Shrove right now is, is a bad matchup for Arlowski. I may be wrong. A lot of people out there may be like, oh, no, you're crazy. But I just think the, the – reach. That's where I feel that Orlowski is going to have his hands full tomorrow, and you know, Struve does have some some good striking to his name. You know, he has some TKO victories as well, so we'll see. Um, I'm going to go Struve. That's my pick. I'm going to go Struve first round knockout, because All right. I think, yeah, Orlowski is going to have his hands full with that reach, man. I will disagree on you on one part, though. I am going to give the stand-up advantage to Arlowski being the pro boxer and being the more technical striker. I feel like he's going to find a way to implement uh, a more in-your-face, a more dirty boxing aspect into his game here. I think he's going to find a way 
to cut the ring in half and try to be as close to Stream as possible. Well, you can't implement that whatsoever. The thing I, I, I give him the edge to is because of the fact that we don't get to see Shrew implement that sh- that reach advantage. Yeah. I think he's so confident in his Muay Thai that he can throw an elbow up close and throw a knee up close with those lanky legs that he tends to forget he's the longer fighter. He could keep somebody at bay, at bay while exactly. dancing around uh, for three rounds a la John Jones. The thing about it, I think, is just it, at his young age, I felt that he was more confident to go into a war rather than a technical fight. So it all depends what fighter we're going to get tomorrow for Stefan Struve. If we get the fighter that's going to go guns blazing, it could be a bad night for him. But if we get a smarter, more technical fighter that knows, hey, this guy can knock me out with a technical strike, you know, jab, jab, hook to the face, it could be all over. It all depends what we're getting from Stefan Struve as well, too. Not to take anything away from him because Arlowski, another person, too, that yes, as soon as he gets comfortable with his combinations, he leaves himself open and gets knocked the hell out as well, too. You know what? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. And the thing with Arlowski is he's real confident in his stand-up, so I just feel that he's going to go out there. Too confident. Just, yeah, <laughs> I just think he's going to go out there and really try to um say, like, hey, I'm going to knock out this long, lanky fighter. You get what I'm saying? And that might be the death of him. So, But also, I do see him implementing somewhat of a dirty boxing technique. If you're his corner, what game plan do you have for Arlowski tomorrow? Um, Stay close. Stay to the cage. Dirty box as much as you can. And keep Shrove at least at jabs link to you. Uh, To you. Not to him, but to you. Uh, If I was Shrove, definitely my first thing I would do for the first round, a lot of leg kicks. A lot of teeth, a lot of jabs, just to show Arlowski, hey, I can keep you at bay all day if I want to. When Arlowski gets frustrated, though, that's when he goes for the attacks, tries to go in, land the knee. He has the the legs for it. He can land a knee like a jab if he wants to, if he really has improved that Muay Thai game. I wouldn't take this to the ground whatsoever, because I believe both of them have the ability to knock each other out. Mm-hmm. I was just about to ask you that. If you see uh, Arlowski or Struve on the wrong end of the striking, do you feel like one of them won't hesitate and they'll take it down? I feel that Arlowski has a better wrestling these days than Struve is. I think Struve is more of a, as a counterfighter in jiu-jitsu. He looks yeah. for that opening and he can grab you with those Spider-Man legs anytime he wants to. But I feel that right now, these days, with Arlowski's training with Greg Jackson and a couple of other people as well, too, his wrestling has gotten a lot better as well, too. He knows how to put a little bit more pressure when it comes to a takedown these days. The thing about it, though, he still is hard about defending them, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like you said, I also believe it's also what kind of Arlowski we're going to get tomorrow. Because like I just said, you know, Arlowski goes out there and he's real confident in striking. I mean, rightfully so, because he's a great striker. But sometimes, you know, you just got to pick your poison. So, like I said, I'm going Struve. And I think it's just going to be like a little stand and bang affair. I think they're both just going to go out there, try to knock their blocks off. And I'm going to go Struve first round. Uh, mid-round, uh, TKO. What do you I'm going to go second round, Arlowski. Mm-hmm. Knockout uh, right. around the beginning of the round. Beginning of the second round. That's good. That's good. That's a good pick. We'd have to disagree on that one. <laughs> so, moving on to the third fight of the night. And this fight, I know a lot of people are looking forward to this fight for one fighter. Oh my God. I know I'm going to butcher this guy's name. Mm-hmm. And um, it is at Bantamweight, and it's Sean Sugar O'Malley versus Andre. Um, <laughs> do you want to give that a shot? I can still do this. Let's uh, go. 
Sukham Fast. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, let's just call Let's go. Yeah, so, somebody's probably just raging right now, like, oh my god. So uh, we apologize, guy. You know, that's 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 a mouthful, right there. So. It's mammoth. <laughs> that's a mouthful, man. But I apologize. But like I said, this is that bantamweight, and this fight has a lot of hype, particularly just for uh, Sean O'Malley, in my opinion. You know, Sean O'Malley right now is a dude that he has a lot of hype behind him, and rightfully so, because this guy is a beast. You know, we have seen him. He was discovered by Dana White on that YouTube show where he has, you know, looking for the fighter with Matt Sarah. And we already have seen him in the UFC, and he has been tested. So this guy is kind of battle-tested in my opinion. Not battle-tested in the sense where, like, okay, he's fought big names, but he has found himself in some deep waters, and he has bounced back. Because when we saw his debut, you know, uh, he was getting taxed a little bit, and he came back. So I feel this dude has heart. He has a great chin on him. And great striking, great, great uh, pedigree, and he's just so young. So, honestly, I like this dude. Um, I mean, we, we've seen him on the show, but we really haven't seen a lot from him in the octagon. So, this is kind of like a – I really wouldn't want to say a first match, you know, kind of feel. But it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like I think it's second match in the octagon, if I'm not mistaken. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think this dude is great. But I wouldn't take away nothing from Andre as well because Andre has some great striking. He's well-rounded. He also has some beast ground and pound if it goes down to the ground. Definitely, definitely look at him to light up O'Malley on the ground while he's on his back. But I don't think this is going to go to the ground, in my opinion, honestly. I think these two dudes are going to go out there, put on a great match. And I think rightfully so, because Andre is going to try to uh, derail the, the hype train. I don't know. How do you feel about that? You know, there's a couple of things I like about this match. Um, personally, for me, myself, I don't like the placement of this, of this match on the card. Okay, where, think, where would you have placed it? I would have put this as the first match of the night to captivate okay. the audience to see who the fresh faces are in the UFC. Mm-hmm. No matter what, when you buy a card, you're always going to get that first match out the way to see how this uh, night's going to be. It's going to set the tone. And I yeah. feel that a Sean O'Malley can actually bring that, you know, open the curtain, uh, be a curtain jerker, if you will, if you want to use pro yeah. wrestling terms or Connie terms. Into this, You know, he could really rile, rile the audience up. Whereas I feel... Me, myself, I love the fact that these newer fighters have been in the middle of a card because I'm like, cool, uh, fresh face in, a, in upper ranks now. That's cool. We saw this in this fight, uh, this this car, and the last UFC pay-per-view as well, too. We got a couple of new faces in the middle of the, of the pay-per-view as well. But if I was a casual watcher of this, if I came into this and said, I really don't care for this, I'm really waiting for Frankie Edgar to come up, this is a piss break fight or a cigarette fight or I'm going to refill my beer. Dave and Buster's kind of fight right here. I'm just going to walk away because I saw two cool matches already. I know I could let this one be at bay and then I'll come back for Frankie Yeager. That's how I would feel as a casual, um, I guess, uh, audience. I, I disagree with you on that. And like I said, I think these places are uh, first for the co-main event because this Sean O'Malley dude is coming in with a lot of hype. He's kind of like a little, in my opinion, he's kind of like a, a baby McGregor right now. You get what I'm saying? He even has that little swag, that demeanor, because you saw him getting interviewed. He had the shades and everything like uh, McGregor with the little, um, you know, like those little Cuban tees or whatever and stuff. Definitely. Like that McGregor kind of a vibe to him. So I have to disagree with you there. I think, def- no, I mean, placement-wise, it would have been dope if it was first. To, to get the crowd right there, just grab the crowd real quick. I agree with you, but I don't think it's bad in third place, um, third match of the night, because uh, O'Malley has a lot of hype for him, and people will wait around to see him, you know. He's already third, and 
depending if he wins tomorrow and if he keeps going on the streak, uh, this guy could uh, co-main event or main event a fight night soon, I believe, in my opinion, because he has a lot of hype behind him. But oh, like I course. said, yeah, like I said, my daughter cut you up. When you have the Dana yeah. White train behind you, you oh, can yeah. fight. You can main event any kind of fight night or pay-per-view when you want to. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, so uh, I feel both strikers. I mean, I feel both fighters are kind of great strikers. You know, they have enough to defend themselves. Who do you give the striking advantage to, O'Malley or Andre? O'Malley. I think O'Malley. he has um, okay. a little bit of the reach advantage as well, too. I uh-huh. think he's a lankier fighter. I feel that yes. well, from seeing him fight as well, two to two times I've seen him, uh, he knows how to throw a jab with the quickness, as the kids say. You know, um, that jab comes out so fast that it, it could really be a detriment in this match. Uh, I feel like his boxing is pretty crisp for, for MMA. You know, people come into the boxing or uh, from the boxing world, come into UFC or any kind of MMA organization. They think, okay, I'm going to learn what I had as like a flat-footed technical boxer and use that strategy. Well, Mally's boxing is so perfect for MMA, uses great footwork, knows the octagon like the back of his hand. For being such a young fighter as well, too, his ring awareness is just so great. He knows where he's at every moment of the fight. So I like that about O'Malley. Um, is he a little reckless? Definitely. As any young fighter would be as well, too, especially with the weight of the world on your shoulders right about now. But he's always looking to put on a great show, and that's what I like about it. He's a showman slash great striker. Uh, kind of reminds me of another... Um, Irishman that uh, we come to know and uh, love and hate at the same time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I agree with you. What I really love about O'Malley and um, I just like the fact that he, like you said, it's reckless, but reckless finisher. You get what I'm saying? Yes. He has a lot of knockouts to the name. He has some knockouts, some spinning. You know, we saw those highlight reel leg kicks that we've seen on the YouTube, things of that nature. Also, the one YouTube. And the YouTube also don't want to stray away too much from Andre because he has a few uh, knockouts and TKO wins to his name. So I feel that this is not going to the ground. I feel that these two dudes are going to go out there and throw some leather. Andre is going to come try to derail that hype train. O'Malley is going to try to keep that hype train going. And it's just going to be it's those two are going to make for such a great combustible element and they're just going to go at it try to knock their heads off um i was kind of torn about this pick honestly there, I, I was kind of torn about two picks in um the whole card and this was one of them um but um cause I, I i can see an upset honestly i can see an upset but um i'm going um o'malley uh, i'm going o'malley decision I don't think it's Ooh. gonna be. A, yeah, I don't think it's gonna be a finish on either part. But we will see some uh, troublesome situations. We will see some stanky legs in the match, if you would like to say. But I'm going O'Malley decision, and I'm kind of torn on this one. But I'm going O'Malley. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, side with you on that. I was thinking about decisions, but um, just to play devil's advocate right now, I'm gonna stick with O'Malley though. But I'm gonna say TKO first round, uh, midway point. Mm, okay, so um, yeah, let's see, let's see. This, this, this one, honestly, it could be fight of the night, in my opinion. The whole card is great from top to bottom, undercard as well. But I have a feeling these two guys can steal the show. And, I don't know, man. I think your co-main event might take that spot, that's, though. That, yeah, that's what I was just gonna say right now as well. Um, 
the the co-main event the the fourth fight on the card is co-main event and this one could rightfully so also steal you know the shine from this one it could be fight of the night and it's at featherweight we see frankie the answer edgar versus also another hot prospect brian t city ortega at 13 and 0 and this is the first fight that you know kind of saved this pay-per-view these two guys came in there and said hey let's save this pay-per-view um this is this is a tough this is a tough match right off the bat. I'm gonna say this is a tough match for Ortega. This is not gonna be in no way, shape, or form a landslide, a walk in the park, because a lot of people are behind Ortega, rightfully so. The dude is a beast. Do not get me wrong. Thirteen and zero. You know he has beaten the likes of um, Tiago Tavares, uh, Diego Brandao, Clay Guida, another hot dude. He beat Cub Swanson right now. We saw that nasty guillotine. He has good ground game. He has great stand up. So he has a lot of height. But I'm talking about Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar is like the living Rocky. You get what I'm saying? You never count this guy out. Exactly. And I'm just saying that for yeah, I'm just saying that for the simple fact because we've seen the great trilogy that he had with Gray Maynard, where everybody counted this dude out and he went out there and knocked out Gray Maynard and um Edgar Maynard three, which I never thought that was gonna happen. You know. Um then we saw recently uh Rodriguez. He wanted to make a name off of Edgar, and that went horribly wrong for him. He said, uh-uh, not, not on my watch, Frank Edgar says. So, you know, definitely do not count this guy out. Um, I, I feel this is going to be a great test for Brian Ortega to see if he's really a uh, championship pedigree and to see if um, he hangs with that top echelon. You get what I'm saying? Um Movement, I got to give it to Edgar. Um, wrestling, I got to give it to Edgar. Uh Heart, I gotta give it to Edgar. Like I said, you never count Edgar out. You get what I'm saying? So, um, we know what type of fight we're gonna get from Edgar that gritty, that dirty fight, that always I'm in it type of fight. He's beating legends in his own right. He's beating um Edgar. Um, Edgar, you hear me? He, he's beating himself. <laughs> like, uh-huh. he's, he has beat himself. <laughs> Oh, that was great. He's being, you know, BJ Penn, a legend of the sport and things of that nature. But I really think this this is going to be a great match, man. I, I'm really looking forward to this. How do you feel about this match going into it? I never really go against Frankie Edgar. Oh, definitely, it, definitely, definitely. I've always been a Frankie Edgar fan. It's very, very – I don't even remember the time I ever went against Frankie Edgar. Uh, the <laughs> wars we've had in the house uh, when you yourself counted Frankie Edgar out to a T with your boy oh, Gray Mannard. And that 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 last that last just solidified so much for me. Nobody, sorry for cutting you off. Nobody expected that. And the thing was, I remember watching that fight, and we were all together, and we were asking each other, "Okay, so what's the outcome?" And here comes my father. We we all thought he was crazy. Uh, Edgar by knockout, and. I, he knocked him out. We looked at him. That like, knockout was with heart, though. That was like. Like uh, yoga fire punch. That was like a Troy Ugin. That was like every bad thing that any fan has ever said about Frankie Edgar. Anything that Dana White said about Frankie Edgar. Any person has counted those those, those matches out for Frankie Edgar, saying that the ref gave him so much time. He put all that in his fist and went ah. I I, I was one that kind of said that, but you know what though, I actually. I'm not. I'm not shitting you. Not. I actually saw this match on. Um. It was recently. They were repeating it, and with with more um observing eyes this time around. Not the heat of the moment. I don't think the ref gave him an. Uh. Uh. uh I don't think the ref actually gave him extra time. I just believe 
Edgar was in this match the whole time, even though he was on wobbly legs. He was intelligently defending and moving. So now I look at the match and I'm like, okay, no. You know, I, I was just stupid to think that. But yeah, um, you definitely can't count this dude out because also another guy that he went in there with and uh, where they were like, oh, no, yeah, he's going to make like word of him. Um, Freaking Sean Shirk. We saw him oh, beat Sean Shirk. Yeah. Um, Another fighter, he's beaten Uriah Faber. Another yep. fighter where I said, no, there's no way Frank Yeager is getting past my man, Money Mendez. He knocked Chad Mendez out. So yep. I'm like, oh, no, this, you can't bet against this dude, you know. You, you can't you can't bet your house on this fight, honestly. So you, you can just never – if – I haven't seen the, the betting odds yet, but if Edgar is an underdog, I'm going to riot because there's no way he's underdog, honestly. But, yeah, um, I mean, I understand that too, but I, I really can't count that much uh, out for Ortega only for the fact that I've seen him go, you know, almost three rounds with a Clay Guida. And a Clay Guida is the closest thing you can probably uh, resemble to a Frankie Edgar fighting style. Gritty, up into your face, can wrestle you, can strike with you, does not try to give up. And yeah. you've seen him uh, drag... Uh, or take it to deep waters and still get the knockout. Uh, even if it's a knee, it still was a knockout going into that third round with Clay Guida. So it's like uh, he is battle tested. You know, a lot of his fights, is. It's, it's never like in the middle. It's either first round stoppage or going to the third round. So he's used to actually going to deep waters and getting himself in trouble. I just think this is the biggest test of his career. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, so far, the two tests were Cub Swanson and Clay Guida, but this is really the biggest test in his career. This is like, hey, you know, time to pony up. Let's see if you're you're at the top of the cream of the crop, you know, because this, this, whoever it is, this has championship implications along with Jeremy Stevens, whoever that goes, you know, because we know Jeremy Stevens just won his, uh, won his last match. So we'll see, but this definitely has championship implications. Um, better accuracy, I believe Edgar has it. I believe he has like a 40% towards um ortega's 32 so um i just think that that little movement we're gonna see if edgar can fight the edgar fight he will win you get what i'm saying if ortega fights his fight um the frankie edgar fight he's not gonna win uh, ortega has to definitely go out there and stop that movement probably possibly uh take out edgar's um legs underneath him things of that nature you know to stop that movement because we see he has that dominance that dominant cruise type fight you know style and stuff like that so i don't know i mean this is, this is gonna be a great 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 affair i don't see it really going to the ground but maybe i do because i feel that we're i feel that ortega might try to take this down to the ground and sub him you feel that way as well um, no, I actually feel the reverse. I, I definitely looking at Edgar going to the second round after trying to figure out the style of Ortega inside the, the octagon to maybe just mix it up a bit. And Frankie Edgar is in love with mixing up his styles, whether it be going to the cage and doing some dirty boxing, whether it be in your face, throwing that jab, going inside the pocket, then outside the pocket, and then throwing it in the takedown, knowing that he can do it, not using it. But knowing that he can have that in his back pocket and say, I could take you out and take you down at will. I don't see any ground and pound, but I just see it as like a jab in a way. Take him down, let him get back up, let him get tired. Yeah, I see. I see. I definitely see Edgar doing that, mixing that up. A lot of feints, you know, making like he's going to go for the takedowns, then actually get a little combos of shoot for that double leg, things of that nature. 
Um, my pick though, I'm gonna go. This is another tough one to call. It's another tough one to call, but I'm gonna go Edgar. I, like I said, I can never bet against him. I'm going Edgar. Um, late the third round. Yeah, sub. I'm going Edgar late third round. Wow. Sub. <laughs> that was awesome. I, I, I can't count this dude out. And ever since my pops called the, the freaking knockout of Gray Maynard, which I never thought it was possible, hey, Frank Yeager can achieve anything. So I'm going to go late third round sub somehow. So I don't know. How do, what do you feel? Who do you pick? I'm going uh, Tom Rivers' finest, Jersey boy himself. The only real man on the Jersey Shore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going Edgar all the way. Um, I'm going um, decision. I'm definitely saying decision. Uh, I I feel that these guys are going to have a war. I think some. I think maybe for the striking. um, I think they're going to both get lumped up. You know, Edgar is a person that does not shy away from getting himself getting lumped up to test out. Um, the, the punching power of his opponents. And that could be his detriment as well, too. That could be his flaw right there because he likes to mix it up too much and sometimes um, he backpedals a little bit too much. Whereas Ortega, I feel like, can be a little bit young. Uh, for his youth, he could be a little bit smarter. Um, looking at these uh, older fighters by tape, by by, uh, by experience for his last fights as well, too. I mean, hey, look, look at his, uh, one of the last fights he had as well, too. Went over Jeremy Stevens, so you know uh, Jeremy Stevens is another fighter that emulates Frankie Edgar, but that speed and that tenacity as well too. Yeah, so exactly. you know it's it, it's it's hard. It's a uh, it's a hard thing right now. It's a hard thing to, so, to look at. It, it definitely def, definitely is, man. Definitely is. You know what? It's a crazy matchup. That's why I call a sub because I don't know. Like I said, Edgar could pull anything out. Ortega definitely not counting them out. This was this was. A, this was kind of like the second fight I was torn about. I was kind of torn main event, but um, this was honestly the second fight I was torn about. Um, torn about. Um, well, Frank Yeager, Ryan Ortega, Jeremy Stevens—they're all in the mix right now. Yep. What do you feel happens after this match with the winner? They take on Jeremy Stevens, or they get title shot, or do you see the interim strap? Even though it's so oversaturated, the interim strap talk and stuff. But what do you see? Depends on the outcome of this match here. Um. If it's a decision win, uh, whether from both opponents, I, I feel the that the UFC will grant Jeremy Stevens that uh, that title opportunity just to have it. Uh, you know, fifty percent he deserves it. Fifty percent sympathy. Um, uh, if it's I a, say sympathy because he never got that shot. Exactly. <laughs> if he, and, and if he fights somebody else and loses, he's never going to get that shot. So. It, <laughs> It, it's true, though. Unfortunately, I love Lil Heathen, but it's true. Yeah. And if it is an exciting win, I can definitely see them taking, uh, canceling each other out, whether it be Ortega or, or Edgar again as well, too, trying to work title implications. But at this time, you know, I, I, it, it's tough. It's, it's real tough to see. We don't even know where um, Aldo is right now as well, too. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. if even Aldo, like we were talking about the last podcast, if Aldo and Stevens match could be even vi- uh, viable as well, um, I would just love to see it off the sentiment as a fan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I would just love to see that. I mean, it may not be valuable. Hey, throw it as a uh, throw it as a fight night uh, main event or co. It'll do perfect in those slots. But just sentiment value, I want to see it. So you want to see Aldo and Stevens fight rather than uh, Stevens go for the title? 
No, I'd rather see maybe uh, Stevens go for the title for sure, definitely. But if they give him one more test, um, you know, cause I feel like, yeah, I mean, maybe he might get one more test. And I feel like it's the winner out of this match if it's, like you said, a dominant one, a solid one. If we see a finish, then yeah. definitely he'll get the, the winner of this match. But if not, then definitely they'll grant a uh, little heathen. Like you said, he's never got that shot. So, hey. What a way to end his, you know, not saying that he's ending his career, but what a way to add more to his career. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but yeah, no, definitely. So did you pick uh, Edgar decision? I pick Edgar decision, but I had something to say to you. If okay. you were to see Edgar lose this, where do you see his career? Ooh. You would think with all the opportunity he's been given, all the hard Mm-hmm. Um, Rose, he's climbed, um, went through and went up, and the whole hills he's climbed, the ladders he's climbed, all the obstacles he's climbed up to get into contention yet again. The opportunities that the UFC has given him to get into contention because he's earned them. He, oh, oh no, yes, yes, he has earned his rights for these championship uh, opportunities. It's just he's fell short, especially in the featherweight division. Do you still? Do you think it's time for him to hang it up? Almost. You know what? This is. Ooh. Yeah, I, I would say so. It, it, and, it, and it sucks to say because the thing is with Frankie Edgar, is like you said, he, he gets knocked out, but he comes back up again, and he just comes ten times better, you know? So, but if he was to lose tomorrow, I think he should take some time off, go back to his bungalow in New Jersey, and just, you know, chill out, think about his career. And if he was to walk away from the sport with an L tomorrow night, it would not tarnish his record at all, and the guy's a legend in the sport, in my opinion. You get what yeah. I'm saying? So, um, definitely, definitely, if he was to lose, uh, I, I think he should start uh, considering, you know, retirement and hanging those gloves up. Not that he's bad, not that the dude sucks, not that he's at a twilight of his career, but it's how much do you have in you to just dust it off and get back up again into contention. You get what I'm saying? That starts taking a lot of wear and tear on the body, and we've seen him do that, you know? But it gets to a point where it's like, eh, do I really have to drive to do this? Because, like, you know, there's also a retirement fight on this card with Mike Pyle. You get yeah. what I'm saying? So he's another guy that's going to retire because he says the, the the squeeze is not worth the juice, things of that nature. He says he's tired. And, you know, so I, I, I feel that if Edgar was to lose, maybe he should consider retirement. What do you think? Uh, I agree. I not because uh, he wouldn't. Uh, yeah, he lacks any um, motivation, or he's ain't old or twilight, as you said before. Um, I just feel he has so much more to gain being in the backstage of the UFC rather than fighting at the moment in time. I feel that uh, if he were to lose, there's no shame in hanging it up. He has a a, a Hall of Fame career. In my opinion, oh, definitely, definitely. You could put him with like the likes of Michael Bisping and a person like um, Diego Sanchez, who I think has a Hall of Fame career, even though not really getting that title. I feel like he's another person that deserves to be in the Hall of Fame for that tenacity. And Frankie Edgar, to me, will always be right now from like the last what eight years, almost ten years in in the UFC of the heart at, of the UFC, in my opinion. Oh, definitely, definitely. I agree with you. And he is um, one of those torchbearers, in my opinion, like you said, that he he in that era when the sport was blowing up, this was a fighter that you were seeing, you know, along with the Tyson Griffins, the Sean Shirks, things of that nature. And um, he has so much more to give because if he was to retire, I believe, on the countdown, they were showing he he has a gym to his name now, you know. So um, 
definitely, definitely, um, he should, um, consider retirement, but not, not that like, he was, you know, we stress and we stress again, not that he's washed, nothing of that nature, but it's, it takes a toll on you getting knocked down, coming back up, you know, nothing else to prove. Yeah. Nothing exactly. else to prove. Nothing else to prove because he went out there and beat BJ Penn in Abu Dhabi when nobody gave him a chance. So you that's know. such a historic fight, man. Yeah. <laughs> like people forget the leaps and bounds that the UFC went through, uh-huh. box and before uh, all this USADA and, and, and regulations and rules and and not to say that it was you know a gritty cockfight that everybody thinks it was from the original UFC days, but just. Uh, rebranding itself, the spike days, you know, you know, uh, just going out there and performing the showmanship, the the entertainment value, but also the 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 heart. And I think that's what we're missing from mixed martial art these days. We don't see enough heart. We just see too much te- technique, and sometimes technique can throw that into the judges' hands. You don't know what the hell's going on. You know, not enough drive. And I think Frankie Edgar is the pinnacle that you want to reach to, to bring that drive to that heart, Definitely. that love of the sport. That's a fire you need to be watching every day. A him, a Sean Shirk, a Jeremy Stevens, a BJ Penn, to his credit as well, too. I love BJ Penn. A Diego uh, Sanchez, a Clay Guida. These are pioneers of this sport that you've seen their fights. They're bleeding. They're nasty. They're going crazy. They're looking blood, and they still want more. That's what we loved about this sport. It was just in your face. Exactly, and this guy has been in the sport over a decade, so he's been doing his thing, man. So definitely, definitely legend, like you said, if he was to retire tomorrow, hopefully that's not the case because I'm going Frankie Edgar. Same. And I want to see him fight for the strap, and I would love to see him one more time, you know, carry that that strap around his waist. So going Frankie Edgar all the way. And that concludes our episode. (laughs) No, 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 no. Oh my god, people, you see how much hate. If there are two fighters that he despises, it's Cyborg and Daniel Cormier. He just does not like these guys. But <laughs> with that being said, we move on to the main event. This episode is coming to a conclusion, unfortunately. But we move on to the main event, and it is at the female's uh, women's featherweight. We see the champion, your beloved champion, Chris Cyborg versus Yana uh, Kuniskaya for the female featherweight title. And I'm going to let you take the floor on this one. I'll give my opinions after you rant about it. Go ahead. Let them know how you feel. Tell them why you mad. But, but why? Because <laughs> implement her weight around this whole entire fight. She's going to try to be the heavy fight. She's going to try to uh, be the more experienced fighter at this weight class. Women that don't have the experience in this weight that don't have technique in this weight class go against Cyborg. And as people want to say, oh, Holly Holm was perfect. No, she wasn't. I'm sorry. She was not perfect for that fight whatsoever. She wasn't used to the weight. She wasn't trained.
looking at home like, what are you doing? And And we are back. We apologize for those technical difficulties. We do not know what had happened was, but we are back. And you were saying, Val, how you felt about this fight. Take the floor again, man. Oh, I know what happened. I think I ranted so hard I broke the microverse. So ripped <laughs> the fracture in the microverse of Edgar's. Pretty much. And you know what it is? It's because of the fact that the, the the universe knows how strongly I feel. Was, the microverse hey. knows how strongly I feel about. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's I, I I can't stress enough um the spies I feel that this division still catered around cyborgs mystique. And as much as I would love for any um Jane Doe to come out there and take on cyborg from this federation and that federation and this former uh, fighter who has credentials, I don't see anybody taking out Cyborg who is not fully featherweight, training in that division for at least two years tops, then taking on Cyborg so she's acclimated in that weight class. My personal opinion. My thing is, I agree with you, and I get what you're saying, and I feel that a lot of people feel the same way for you, to, to your opinions, that this is just catered to Cyborg. But this is just catered to Cyborg because they don't want to lose a top draw, a top moneymaker. You get what I'm saying? Now that the UFC has her, they're not going to let her go. You get what I'm saying? She's considered the, the baddest female on the planet, you know? Not Ronda Rousey, not Amanda Nunes. Nobody else, her. So I feel that they just do that to just cater and keep those asses in the seat. You get what I'm saying? So I don't know. But tomorrow we're going to see two former champions, you know, uh, Cyborg being Invicta as well as Kuniskaya and Strike Force. Uh, Cyborg has that title. And we already know what type of fight we're going to get from Cyborg. Let's just be honest. We we, we we really can't sit here and call stats because um, Kuniskaya, this is her first fight in the UFC. She was picked, like you like to say or whatever. She was picked, brought in to fight to see if she can dethrone Cyborg. So we really don't have much stats on her. But we've checked highlights. She's a great striker. She has ground game. She comes from Greg Jackson's gym. So she has some decent ground game, like I said. Boxing background, Muay Thai background. Um, she's good. She's tested. She was an Invicta um, bantamweight champion, I think she was. Yeah, I think she was the bantamweight champion. So she's tested. Um, we know what we're gonna get from Cyborg that that beastly onslaught. But do you agree with what Yana said that she feels that Cyborg doesn't have explosive knockout power? No, okay. I don't agree with that whatsoever. I, I do think Cyborg has explosive knockout power. I just think the Holmes match was. A horrible case for that. Um, I, I think that the Holmes match was a, a shutdown on both competitors. I felt like Holmes wasn't implementing any kind of game plan that remotely looked like it was hurting Cyborg whatsoever. And I don't think Cyborg respected anything that Holmes did and didn't get fired up until like a later round, um, which led to a boring, uninterested fight. But fight. Is going to take on Anderson Silva. Do you want to know why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will tell you why. The reason why I feel that reminds me of Yushin Okami is that when Yushin Okami went to train to fight Silva, 
He trained with the person who lost yeah. to Silva, Chael Sonnen. And it's the same thing with this chick <laughs> training with Holly Holmes to take on Cyborg. Advantage, exactly. There's some, like, advantage to take her out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you talking about? I agree with about? you. That's kind of like, why would you want to train with the last person they defeated? Like, that's just so rhetorical and irrelevant, in my opinion. You know, because Holly Holmes didn't do nothing in that match. All I saw that she was doing in that match, it was like a sparring match. You know, and I felt that, like you said, uh, Cyborg wasn't respecting her. But I also saw that Cyborg maybe did not want to get caught out there. You get what I'm saying? So it was just kind of like a little cancellation out. Mm-hmm. But I think tomorrow is going to be way different. Um, you know what? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I may get my chops busted for this. A lot of people may come at me. They will roast me on the Kimura Chronicles. They will roast me on the Twitter, on the Facebook. They will roast me on the Instagram. They will roast me everywhere. But you know what? I'm going with an upset tomorrow. I'm going Yuna. I'm I'm going Yuna. I have a feeling she might pull it up, bro. I think she's going to go in there, and she's not going to shy back, Um, you know, shy away from Chris Cyborg. I feel she's going to go out there, go toe-to-toe, and she has the tools. Um. I think she's confident in her game. You know, she's not going to go out there and be kind of scared and intimidated by her. You know, even though we saw Cyborg with that war paint as she does now with the Brazilian colors. No, she saw right through that. And um, also, I mean, maybe she was talking about her explosive power to just try to get into her head to throw her off. Because besides the Ronda Rousey, I believe strike. Uh, uh, I was going to call her strike force. Look at that. Oh, my God. She's so beast. She's so beast. Yeah, but, yeah she was on a streak where she had like what? Uh, a six five fight, uh, either TKO or knockout streak. So she does have the power. Maybe it was just Yuna, Yuna Sky is just trying to get into her head. So, um, but you know what though, I'm gonna say it. And if they bust my chops and put me on the chopping block and throws me through to the den, y'all could throw me to the den. I'm going upset tomorrow, Yuna Sky. Yeah. You know, nothing would make me happier. Than to see her throw one of those lazy ass spinny heel kicks that we've seen on those freaking previews. Okay. <laughs> Nothing would make me happier just to see her getting knocked out by one of those. Even though I feel like if she did that to a pillow, she would break. But at the same token, I don't see it. I see mm-hmm. this being a cyborg kind of fight. And if she does try to implement the pressure okay. to cyborg, I think. If Cyborg gets hit mm-hmm. by mistake and gets caught off guard, she may <laughs> turn green and <laughs> fuck this chick up. And, so, so wait, you're trying to say he's like on some, some and, Apollo Creed shit? Supposed to be an exhibition type match or what? I think so. I think she's going to go freaking, you know... Um, you know what, what's my man's name? Freaking um from Rob from Rocky Four. Uh, it's horrible that I don't know his name right now. Um, freak. Uh, um, Ivan Drago. Freaking Russian experiment. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You go Ivan Drago on this bitch, and and I'm not using bitch on the derogatory term, but the same token, I feel that Cyborg is gonna treat it as one, and it's gonna be bad and. It's no detriment yeah. for her talent whatsoever. I just feel like she is not trained in this division. And I feel like she is not trained with the weight. She does not know probably how to carry her kicks, her striking, mm-hmm. her takedowns, her takedown defense in this weight class. There's no way to judge it whatsoever in a, in a credible um, fight. 
whether it be training or whether she was trained in that weight class before, that's a totally different uh, situation. You know, mitts don't hit <laughs> back unless somebody smacks you with one. And, you know, it's it, it's a totally different game. And Cyborg is not going to just come at that weight. She's going to probably come in five pounds heavier as well, too. So if Cyborg wanted to implement the takedown game, which we've seen before, she could probably lay on her for three rounds and call the yeah, I mean, we see Kuna Sky have some submission so, to her name. You know, she has some submission wins and rear nakeds and things of that nature, arm bars like that. So she's not no slouch on the ground. She is the taller fighter. If she, the knee bar. If she gives her the knee bar. Because that's Cyborg's weakness. That's her only legitimate loss right there. Give her the knee bar. In the first round, when she's not greasy or anything you whatsoever, it. you might you win might. it. Okay. But, but no, I, I, I think you know she's gonna. Is that another Rocky her. reference, Tommy? Like, gonna get hurt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, it is. No, I mean, like I said, I may be the only one going for Yuna because I do love an underdog story, and I feel, I mean. Yeah, Cyborg is just such a dominant fighter, and this division is made for her. But I don't, I don't know, man. I, I just have a little feeling that maybe we could see Cyborg in some trouble tomorrow. You know, we would reach a little bit. I don't know. Like I said, I like making crazy picks, crazy bets. You know, things of that nature. I'm going even kind of Kuniskaya, man. Um, how? Oof. Hmm. So I have to back up my craziness, don't I, right? I just can't say decision because the champion never loses on a decision because, you know, they get that championship um, advantage. So being a five-round matchup, um, I feel Kuniskaya will probably get a TKO or a sub in the fourth round. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm covering all <laughs> because hey, I got to back up my craziness. But you know what? I'm going to be more specific. Kuniskaya, fourth round, mid to late uh, submission. Rear naked. Rear naked. I'm calling it. As much as I want this shit to be the Adonis Creed, not the Apollo Creed, but the Adonis Creed, the new blood into this division, um, it's, it's, it's not going to happen, unfortunately, for this type of fight. Maybe if she went down to the UFC's bantamweight division, that would have been a credible fight as well, too, especially for cha- uh, any of these champions there. But the fact of the matter is, the weight advantage, you, I think, is going to take yeah, control of this yeah, fight. Yeah. And I, I don't, don't know. Do you, do you think, coming from no, Greg no, Jackson, no, no, no. do you think Greg Jackson will tell her to try to implement a little bit of a takedown game? Or some dirty boxing controlling against her cage? <laughs> that was your dude at one point. What are you talking about? Because he's not produced the best fighters these days. I feel like people know the Greg Jackson game plan already. He mixes up takedowns with reach and unorthodox strikes. And what what happens when you do that? Yeah. You just bum rush somebody and knock them the fuck out. Yeah. Like you got no time for politics. Like people don't get that with John Jones already. I love the John Jones. It's still, yeah, legitimately. You got that. He is still champion. But the thing about it is, the game plan is right there. Yeah. Just bum rush the shit out of him and hit him. But, like, you let him do unorthodox attacks, you know, oblique kicks, they, and, you know... Uh, yeah, they stand in front of him, and they allow John Jones like to get those little thigh pokers and stuff like that, you know, so... Yeah. And I love it. 
it's it's a martial arts wet dream to look at him fight. The same token, though, when you have a mystique like that, it's kind of easy to just look through the bullshit and say fist to face and see what happens. I mean, look at Alexander Gustafson. He's one of the he. That's a that's a fight that honestly a lot of people I'm think to this day think he should have won because he saw through the bullshit. So you know, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't take a lot. So you just need total I, I domination by cyborg I, I, again. I, 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 I don't see total okay. domination. I see this as a lackluster first round and then second round TKO <laughs> by the way. Well, I don't know, man. It's it's going to be interesting. This this is just my craziest pick of, of the night. I'm going Yuna. I know everybody and I've seen everywhere. Everybody's going cyborg. So I may be the only guy in the States going for Yuna besides the Russian country. You know, going for her. So, but I'm going Yuna. Uh, I don't know. Do you think Dana White's White. going for Dana White. Dana White. Oh. You, 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 no, I just think Dana White, with all this hype around, what, what is this? Oh, yeah, yeah, on the, the YouTube. Fighter, yeah, yeah, yeah on the YouTube. Fighting the freaking Mielda. You have the opportunity to take coal and make it into a diamond, like you did with Sean O'Malley, and find the perfect batch mm-hmm. of That's women in this weight class to not just. Not just fight Cyborg, but groom somebody as as a face of that division, or at least a potential face of that division. You have the ability right now to search throughout the globe and find top-notch females in weight training, in, in, in martial arts that are not afraid to spar with men, um, stand-up only, or just even on the ground as well, too. And we, we've seen other people like Cupcake and Zingano take, you know, spar with men as well, too, hardcore. You know, but someone that that matches the strength and the veracity and the craziness of Cyborg, there's potentially a plethora. Do you of think he's doing that on purpose, though? Find so his little money train won't, won't, you know, die. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, because right now there's not a lot of people that are marketable mm-hmm. for the for the main event these days. And as much as we want to say that we want to say uh, Demetrius Johnson or Tyrone Woodley or. Um. Uh. What's my man's name? Robert Whitaker can can headline a card. Chances are those are going to be low pay per view numbers, realistically speaking. And that's so, just for the casual yeah. audience right there. You know. No, I, I get what you're saying. And no, no, no go uh, ahead. You know, I, I feel also a strong like that. He instead of trying to find male fighters, which he already has a plethora of male fighters, go out there make an ultimate fighter for the female. Uh, featherweight division for this division. Go out there, you know, look for a female instead of looking for more guys, bro. Get this division up. And, hey, look all over the place, you know. Overseas. Huh? Did you say that they, um, uh, did, didn't we find out on the Kamora Chronicles Facebook page that um, Amazon is making a deal with Yeah, it's a stream, their, their events and stuff like that so people could buy them on Amazon. Nah. Hey, if that's the case, Amazon Prime, get at them right now and uh, mm. to drive people to Amazon Prime, make that ultimate fighter in that weight class mm. to find the next female fighter. Or at least throw, make it an all-female class, throw all divisions, a straw weight and that division as well. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, man. That's what they should division. do. I just feel like he's doing that because, you know, she's kind of like one of his best money makers right now because any card Cyborg is on, you know, people are buying. Uh, question to you, if Cyborg, let's just say, 
based on uh, you know I like just asking questions just for the sake of stuff like that. If she was to retire tomorrow, you know, let's say she sits here and says just wildly, I know it's not gonna happen, but just wildly, oh yeah, there's no there's no talent, there's nobody dethroning me in this division. I retire as champ or whatever, you know, BS. Do you think she goes down as a legend in the sport or no? I would hope somebody <laughs> throws a the cabinet cabinet. at her. But, but just for, that's for, just, for the sake of the freaking question, opinion. do you feel like uh, – I'm sorry. I love the cabbage. I love the cabbage <laughs> reference. Like, oh, man, God. <laughs> okay, for the sake of the question, mm-hmm. do I feel that she is a legend to the sport? Yes. I think that she, in her own right, whether controversial or not, she is a legend to – mixed martial arts not just for female mixed martial arts but for martial arts in general because organizations like invicta organizations like strike force were the pinnacle of, yes. of of women's mma and she was a pioneer and still is the the one of the biggest selling draws in mma as a female and as a fighter as well too people want to shout out and say that ronda rousey you know, was the, I guess, the birth mother of women's MMA. Long before Ronda Rousey, Gina Carraro and and Chris Cyborg both were headlining pay-per-views having wars. So, you know, people really need to look back and say, oh, Bino, that wasn't a a money-making fight, yada, yada, yada. It was Showtime, all right? Showtime is still a money-making program that you need to pay to have a subscription to freaking watch. So, yes, People pay to see these women whip each other's ass. And I give Cyborg all that respect because she put women's MMA on her back, whether it was steroids or not, you know, those shoulders are brolic and, you know, they're full of TRT mountains on them. But the same token, she carried a division on her okay. back and made it hers. And she's implementing that. All right, in the all right. So just, I give her that. She wants to get your views on her because I know you have a little strong dislike for her. But that concludes the main card on the pay per view. That is the card. It's going to be a great card. It's going to be a great card overall. You know, that's tomorrow on pay per view. Yes. Ooh. Uh-huh. Can Can I say one more thing? I I really feel that if this division really revved up, like. Like, if we just gave Cyborg a year off, literally, like, from now until the rest of the year until next year, until, like, next February going to March, and let this division thrive and bring fighters to actually be credible contenders, make a top five, make a top ten, and let these females battle. Not these females, these fighters just battle and actually make this division mean something. I really do believe that you can actually build this division from the ground up not from the top up because nothing gets built yeah. from the top. Everything gets built from the bottom. So, so I mean, I think that's uh, that's the best way we can get this division to go where it needs to. And then, yes, I could definitely say, is Cyborg, where does take these women on? Um, left and right in that weight class, fighting in that weight class. I would give her more respect in the UFC. I'd give her more respect. Okay, in I agree with you. Quick question, though, before um, I ask you another one. Um, if Cyborg wins... And then if Amanda Nunes wins, if she beats Raquel Pennington, do you see a dream match happening between these two fighters? I do. I do, but 
I would feel bad for Nunez if she were to lose because then she definitely gets no respect yeah. in the UFC whatsoever. She already doesn't get respect. She's a forgotten champion. No one cares about uh, her as no. a champion. I'm sorry yeah. to say that. I do. Uh, yeah. You do. You know, but but you look at all of the visits for the women for the women's for women's MMA in the UFC. Okay. She's forgotten. All right, champion. all right, definitely. all right. I see what you're saying. But I could possibly see that dream match being worked up if, you know, they these two competitors just demolished their opponents. My question to you is, is there a other fight on the card besides the main card that you are looking forward to? Uh, Kat Zingano a lot. I really want to see her brush off uh, okay. the tragedies that fell upon her and hopefully her head set. And of course, the Frankie Edgar fight right there is uh, definitely the, the fight that, okay. um, to me, that's my main event. Um, just because I think both of those fighters are gonna mm-hmm. pull a barn burner, but yeah, Mike, definitely Mike Pyle's last fight as well too. Um, Hector Lombard and Cebu Dalloway, I'm kind of interested in that fight. I just want to see where that goes, even though that could be a sleeper fight. I definitely feel that something can happen. <laughs> I mean, two that, negatives. That's so wrong. Get out of here. So... Get out of here. That's wrong. I gotta go. I gotta go to Doberman. I'm going to see Dalloway in that match, man. Hector Lombard is such a flop, in my opinion, bro. Big, yeah, big fish, small pond back in Bellator. He hasn't really done much here, but yeah, no, just to piggyback on what you said, um, the Mike Powell match, definitely looking forward to that. Be his retirement match. Looking forward for the CB Dalloway since I'm a CB Dalloway fan. Want to see him put the beats on Lombard. And I'm looking forward to that. Um, John Dotson. Let's see how, he's, how he bounces back because it's kind of like that striker versus grappler. You know, Pedro Munoz being that great submission artist. So I'm looking forward to that one as well. I know you are. <laughs> of Is course, that's a baby, baby boo. Like, yeah. Uh, what a bum, yo! Like Vicente is like a flower in a in a beautiful orchard. A more no, beautiful no, no, flower. No. She's like, I don't think so. Oh, sorry, Demi is demo gorgon. No, sorry for cutting you off. Oh, yeah, I just geeked out real quick. <laughs> I just geeked out real quick. No, sorry for cutting you off. No, actually, they're not together anymore. I just see it right here. Caraway was a trainer of his ex girlfriend, former UFC fighter, Misha Tate. So, no, hey, cupcake is up for you know, the bakery's open. <laughs> She needs she, she needs oh, a real gosh. man. She oh, needs God. a Yoel Romero to take on that. She needs a, a, a whole yeah, you know, Polaris you, to do something. You know what? I was actually thinking about Polaris earlier when you said the knee bar on freaking cyborg. So man, that's funny. Great minds thinking like, but yeah. Before people run away with our craziness, that concludes this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we're looking forward to the fight tomorrow. You guys should be looking forward to the fight tomorrow as well. They're gonna be great. We will have a reaction show tomorrow for you guys as well. With that being said, where can they find you at Val, Mr. Cabbage, Cisco? Throw <laughs> oh, the cabbage out there. I swear to God, I'll be there throwing the cabbage. I'm not that far from Las Vegas. I throw a cabbage real quick. But um, I will say this um, uh, for people that have heard me on Sideshow Conversations and different outlets. Um, I know I have been uh, slacking on that on that podcast and it's due to a lot of personal things, just trying to get things together in my personal life. And um, I came to a couple of decisions with that podcast. And I think what I really want to do now is kind of redo the format, kind of make it more episodic, kind of make it more of just um, different topics all in one, rather than have a spreadsheet okay. of different things. Still going to keep the pop five format, but I do want to mm-hmm. have more of a discussion outlet. 
on multiple things since there's so many things in pop culture out there rather than just one specific subject or if it is one specific subject to have uh, a co-host or a guest or multiple guests on that as well too. Okay. I want to make it a little bit more definitive. So it's on a reconstruction phase, but it's going to be coming out. Sideshow Conversations. You can find that, of course, here on Anchor. You can find it on iTunes and Podcast Republic as well too. You can find me um, on Twitter at uncanny underscore v, uh, Instagram Val Cisco, and Sideshow Conversations also on Facebook it has a Facebook page as well too. That's going to get a little bit of a remodeling as well. Um, co-hosting with you here, Kamora Chronicles, MMA podcast by the fans for the fans. Um, and of course, um, Elite Wrestling Audio, which we talk about pro wrestling and um, having a good time with some mm-hmm. uh, chair shots and leg drops. I'm sorry, I, you, I just caught like the ill ADD when you said Elite. All I thought about was Elite Worldwide. Why, why? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, man, we're crazy up here, guys. We apologize. But um, yeah, with that being said, they can find me on, you know, kind of just to piggyback on what you said. You said you're going through a reconstruction phase. My show is going through a construction phase, and they can find me. You know, I still haven't got nothing because I'm just constructing that podcast from the ground up. I haven't really showed it no love, so I'm going to start showing it some love. They can find me on the Jay Rance Show, you know, where I talk about anything and everything, sports mostly related. I'll do a little... um video game talk here and there, you know, mostly PS4 because I'm a PS4 head. Um, I love PS. Um, and whatever sports topic, uh, excuse me, topic comes up where I feel like big news, uh, certain games that were dope, yeah, I should catch of the week, things of that nature. I'll touch whatever, soccer, you know, I love soccer, football, basketball, you know, everything, everything. It'll just be a lot sports-eccentric, heavy, and occasional video game talk, and occasionally the rant, you know, like I'm ranting right now. So you'll get the occasional rant and stuff like that. Um, yeah, they can find me over there, just constructing that up from the ground up. I haven't really showed it no love, like you said. Um, they can find me here, Coast, and what you want on Kamora Chronicles. They can also find me, Coast, and what you want Elite Wrestling Audio. Once in a while, I rear my ugly head on Sideshow Conversations, you know, doing Pop 5 with you. Uh, like you said, all these shows have Facebook pages and Twitter, and they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore J Rance, both the same names. Check it out, interact with us, and let us know what's up. And if we suck, let us know we suck. It's still noise, it's still feedback. We appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Do you want to say anything out before we sign off? Um, make cabbage <laughs> in the cabbage soup. <laughs> With that, yo, get out of here, man. With that being said, everybody, have a good night. Until the next one, man. Later. Suits. <laughs>